0: Welcome to the Renovating Riches Podcast. Entrepreneurs from Houston teaching you everything they know about entrepreneurship and real estate with the best guests in the real estate industry. Subscribe today on all major platforms and gear up for another episode of Renovating Riches.
1: Welcome to the Renovini Riches Radio Podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest, Mister Mr. James Toller from uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, actually, is it Houston or Clear Lake or well, Friendswood?
0: Yeah, that down south. From down south,
1: uh, James and I actually uh, met probably about a year, a year and a half ago, uh, maybe a couple of years ago at a networking event for the first time, um, and uh, we just we just clicked and started talking and talking and talking and. Uh, today we have him in our podcast, and I'm, I'm honored that you're here. Thank you so much for uh, taking the invitation and, and coming over,
0: sure.
1: uh, making time for uh, for an interview. And by the way, don't forget to uh, hit share, like, and subscribe. Invite everybody to watch this podcast. Uh, we don't we don't have any sponsors other than me and uh, Dennis and and the friends that come over to add value to you guys. So this is how we you know we grow our our, our, our you know channel by word of mouth pretty much and organic uh, views so with that being said who is james stutter can you tell me a little bit about
0: yourself sure uh i ran a uh, family business for quite a while okay. about 10 years i ran a highway maintenance company my dad had oh wow and uh that's kind of what i ran that for him ran all over state of texas No, but Uh, where before that did you become an engineer or or did you go to school? I didn't go to school. You didn't go to school. No, I went straight out of high school into running my dad's businesses.
1: Okay, and you were working for your for your dad like as soon as the day you graduated is like this is it right away?
0: Okay. Well, I was wanting to. I was at business, and he had a lot of businesses, so I wanted to take them over. Right. So I, I went in to learn from the ground up. You know, just made me earn everything. And my goal was to take over the business. What
1: Sorry. was the first job that you had when oh, you started t- working t- for t- your dad? T- up of litter
0: off the highway. Okay. Yeah, literally. Yeah, making sure it was clean. Yeah, that was, so one of our business, we did highway maintenance. We did the mowing and litter, debris, sweeping, all that. Wow. Yeah. So he put me on the ground mowing. Sometimes I'd be in a tractor mowing. I mean, I, I literally started at the bottom. How old were you back then? What? Was, Nineteen? Yeah, 18? Eighteen? Eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's started that did that for for a while I was in austin for eight years doing is, all is that things. where you're originally from or no, i'm from baytown from baytown okay yeah, east side all right yeah and uh man i did that for a while and kind of got to a point where i was growing yeah i'm reading books i'm growing my mind and i'm not retiring anytime soon <laughs> Right. that kind of thing and i've already mastered running crews and doing all this stuff right and uh, my dad's owned a lot of real estate over time and i kind of gravitated that way okay. and then ended up breaking off and then going my own way just what what did he say when you said that I, I don't want to be here no more <laughs> did he enjoy that or not no i mean i was blessed in that he wants the best for me right so what's best for him Best for me. He's gonna go for best for me. Right. And I think that's the best attitude to take. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he could have kept me, and what I'd have been unhappy. Right.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I had something similar with my dad, by the way. So uh, when I was, so when I was eight years old, I started working for my dad when I was not in school.
0: Me too. I mean, exactly. So, so yeah. we pretty much started we, working very young. Very young.
1: Uh, my deal was, I really wanted to be like my dad when I grew up my dad was in the insurance business mm-hmm. so for me it was like i want to put on a suit i want to go talk to people mm-hmm. uh sell insurance policies and i'm gonna be like my dad mm-hmm. and i th- i thought the world of my dad and i still do yeah. um but what happened was when i was like 20 19 to 20 um dad and i weren't getting along anymore uh <laughs> and i had a f- a boss not necessarily a father is what i thought that's how mm-hmm. I felt. Okay. Because even though when we were not at the office, we, we, when we were maybe having a barbecue at his house or whatnot, mm. it was business. And I was like, man, when, how, how much more do I need of this? Like, it got to a point where I didn't even want to go visit anymore because I was like, oh, he's going to ask me about this, 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 and that <laughs> instead of focusing on... Because my dad, is, he's, he's, he's a hard worker, man. He's always mm. working. You know, he never stops. So I knew that if I went to his house, I was going to be talking business um so when i was like 20 i kind of like broke off and and he didn't want me to but he pretty much pushed me that way um and and then i kind of dabbled by my you know i joined the navy and and Ooh. so I, I i served and then i became part of the oil and gas business but i transition a lot but i can see you working with your dad a lot of the stuff that i went through that's yeah. why i asked those questions absolutely
0: i very similar.
1: So, how old were you when you left? Uh, the, I was the family a little later.
0: Business? I was twenty seven, twenty eight, okay. something like that. All right, and, and I also lived in Austin. They lived here. Oh, so I was in. You know, it was a little different. Okay, that way. And and um, so, what do you do right after that? What
1: What was your transition like?
0: Well, I flipped. I start. I uh, I had some cash saved up. I didn't know about hard money or private money right. or anything really. I just Kind of saw another direction and started moving that way. What year is this? Uh, This was 2016. Not that long ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I hadn't really figured out what I was doing until probably about two years ago. I mean, maybe a year and a half to two years. And you know
1: what you're gonna say two years from now? That you didn't figure it out yeah, until right. right about this time. So <laughs> it's
0: always <laughs> it's a changing animal. Well, that's it should be, right? Yeah. Something good's happening. Yeah. If if you look back, that's right. So you yeah. went, you left
1: in, you left in what, 2015 or 16? Yeah, right around there. Okay. Yeah. And and you had a little bit of money saved up, and you went and bought a house. Yep. I guess yep. uh, in Austin or here, here in Houston. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you went and moved back to Houston. Yes. Or yep. you were living in Austin and kind of like flipping out of distance?
0: No, I moved back. All right. Yeah, I moved back here. The first deal I did, I did with my sister. Okay. And I, was, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, mean, I just didn't know at all. So I said, well, I'm going to split my assets, but I'm going to split my liabilities. Okay. And that was my thought there. So but me and my sister did a few deals, and I got a little more comfortable each time. I would find them, and I'd run the cruise and all that kind of stuff. That's my background, really, is running crews. Yeah, that's yeah, my I mean,
1: specialty. That's what you did in the in the
0: in your family business, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. at the, towards the end. No, the whole time uh, he started me off at the bottom, but I mean, he raised you me. Started up. great, you yeah. Know. And I was managing large crews. That's really all I've done. Most How many of my people life. were you managing? Oh, 50-man crews. Okay. Yeah, very large man crews. we were doing you know state highways, toll roads, you know, very large stretches. Was he a civil engineer? Who? Your dad? No, no, no. He's just a businessman. Wow. Had, yeah. He didn't. He, I mean, he didn't even have a high school degree. Wow. So he just uh, stumbled yeah. into it. A, a, yeah. a, a self-made, right? Yeah. So, self-made. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so, um, so, okay. So, you go do your first deal. What, what, what did that look
0: like? What it looked like? Like purchase-wise, rehab, yeah. uh, mistakes you oh, made. Oh yeah, I, I, we made like. Four grand. I mean, it wouldn't, oh, yeah. we split that. At least you made money. <laughs> we made a little <laughs> money. <laughs> I bought it from uh, Net Worth. Okay. You know, one of those kind of guys. Right. Uh, yeah, bought it, rehabbed it, uh, and it was in Nassau Bay. I don't know if you know where yeah, it's at. Yeah. Yeah, in there. And it sold within three weeks or so, something like that. It was quick. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, it sold to a cash buyer or to a... It to was actually a- to a California person. Yeah, it was cash. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got got lucky that wow. way. Wow. And then what happened after that? Well, I' learning, right? I mean, uh, one, I bought it too high. When you look back, right, you make four grand, you know, and that was on a two hundred and forty thousand dollar house. Okay. Made four thousand. Right. Should have made more. Right. That was my
1: lesson. (laughs) And you, so how much did you buy it for when you first got it?
0: Yeah, I bought it for like one sixty, one seventy. And you put um, another sixty or yeah, so. Then you had your realtor cost. I wasn't a realtor at the time. I paid the full commission and, right. and a title policy and insurance. It all adds up. Closing costs yeah. and boom. Yeah, you Do don't it. think about all that when you hadn't done one,
1: right? I, no, there's no, no. there's
0: good eight to ten percent there. I
1: usually eight. factor eight percent on closing costs as a standard. Yep. Like there Six percent go. goes to realtors, and the other two percent goes to the title company. Yeah. Whatever that is, sure. you know. Um, Title policy, escrow fees. You know. Right. Um, and then that's when, when I don't pay for the taxes. Sometimes we pay for taxes that are owed for what? Because they don't have equity or, you, yeah. know, you know. Exactly. But, so, okay. So, you win the, you did that first deal with your sister. You mm-hmm. made four grand, split $2,000 each. Yep. And what was after that? Like.
0: Uh, I figured out I had to get off-market properties. That was the best way. And I had to find them. Because Net Worth right. brought it to me. And I find out they made a good little chunk of money on it. yeah, I didn't know wholesale. I never heard of that term. I you know, didn't uh, I thought it was pretty genius what they did. just find a house and sell it to someone else and take no risk and make all the money. <laughs> make all the money yeah. Yeah. up front and have no risk. God, like, oh, that's from a risk perspective, that's pretty brilliant. Uh, okay, so I started finding figuring out how to find them. yeah, yeah I think the next one was off my house deals. okay. Yeah, that's a pretty thing. good website. Yeah, we, we I mean, post you, got, you got to go through a lot of, you know, nonsense. Yeah, right. <laughs> to find, uh, yeah. Um, I guess the
1: nonsense really comes from the rehab estimates that some people oh, put course. there. They of said course. only $25,000 in rehab and the thing is falling apart. You know, yeah. you're like, that's a full rehab, a full rehab is. Even at thirty dollars a square foot, you know, you're looking at sixty to eighty grand. You know. Oh, sure.
0: So. What's well, the incentive structures designed as a wholesaler just to sell it? Doesn't right, matter. Right. It's, you're not looking at a reputation standpoint. Right. They're just trying like to make you. A free you're book. big on reputation, right? Yes. You, you say I want to do business with you over and over again. Yeah. But someone who's going to do that isn't doesn't care about their reputation. Right. Right. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And you know, and how how long do they stay in this?
1: No, they don't stay long enough. No. no. They, they, they come in they get a couple of checks then they, they have to like pretty much face out so yep. um, and, you know and most of those guys they stumble into those deals they're yep. not investing in marketing they're not investing sure. in systems sure. they're not investing in training mm-hmm. so we do a lot of that and man the last thing we want to do is burn a buyer yeah. Uh, now, have we sold houses to buyers that then they go try to HGTV it and end up spending a lot more money? <laughs> of course, yeah, of yeah, course, you know. Yeah. And But they recognize it's not our fault. Yeah. It's their fault that they wouldn't try to do too much.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you went and got houses off my house deals and, and... I get everywhere. You know, mar- marketing is all about throwing your net out there. Right. Especially when you don't know what you're doing. Right. So I just... Everywhere you can imagine, I'm looking. Taking massive action, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Right.
1: Who can get me a good deal that's got a good spread that I can go and, and make a profit off? Um, and so, so when do you figure you l- sort of landed with the perfect formula for you?
0: At what point? Yeah, like at would, what point? I had to do probably eight or nine of them. Eight or nine rehabs. And that's continuously listening to podcasts. Like right. you had mentioned, we hadn't met but we actually had you just didn't know me
1: yeah that's so I mean, that's you that's recognize the, me you're the yeah. ones like, hey you're ricardo and i was like yeah what's up yeah. who
0: are you but we actually were friends on facebook as sure. well I, I went around and tried to add all the people i look up to yeah on facebook yeah well oh, man thank you so much <laughs> for, for the compliments yeah. uh, all the people that i thought were doing deals and had you know wise and and i looked up to uh then, as I added more and more, I mean, it's easier to accept me if I have 300 friends in common with you. Absolutely. I think We probably have a thousand. Oh, or we crazy yeah, amount. Yeah,
1: we probably got half of Houston now because <laughs> we're both out there networking and sure. building our own networks. And
0: yeah. Me um, and Brant Phillips I have like. 1500 people in common it's crazy I have actually
1: I'll have brand coming in in the, in the next couple of weeks yeah. so he's awesome yeah he's a great guy yeah. uh, he's been doing this for quite a while mm-hmm. so stay on the lookout he's gonna be out here uh, talking about his real estate journey as well a lot longer than me and uh, James have uh, but because we sort of started so I started investing in 2008 but that's when I started making all those mistakes but I was on a down market, so mm-hmm. I was buying houses of in Pasadena for like fifteen grand and putting another forty mm-hmm. in it, which in today's money is like eighty. Um, and then we kept them for rentals, and we started adding more and more and more. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I had a corporate job, so I was, I was investing while I had a good job that I actually enjoyed. So I'm not a corporate hater by any means. If you have a good job, hey all power to you. Yeah, uh, Actually, a corporate job allows you to get good loans, You sure. know, refi, mm-hmm. cash outs, um, the whole nine yards. Something that when you become self-employed, it's a little harder to do. Uh, and then you got to go for more expensive loans. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until 2015 when I actually got laid off uh, from my job that I didn't shift into a full-time real estate investor. Mm-hmm. My challenge was that at the time I had to go big, otherwise, I wasn't going to go anywhere because I had all the bills and all the, all the, you know, I had money in the bank, but I did the math, and that money wasn't going to last mm. for too long uh, before I had to go figure something else out. So, what I knew is I knew how to flip, but I didn't really know wholesaling, I, I didn't even understand it actually I looked at wholesalers like "Ooh, you're a wholesaler <laughs> I want nothing to do with you because because of the same thing right you yeah, go stigma yeah, yeah you I mean you get deals you're like yeah that doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense it's, and it's, it's a paradigm shift so um, I went into flipping and I figured out that I could get a bunch of harmony loans because I had good credit good money you know that kind of stuff and that's how I started scaling the flipping business but if I if I had to do it all over again I wouldn't scale the whole the flipping business that big i would have scaled the wholesaling business because of the speed of money something i didn't understand that a, a friend of mine um, alex de la torre shout out to alex i don't know if you know him mm-hmm. he he told me one day he said ricardo the speed of money and i was like what do you mean he's like when you flip a house it takes you three to six months to go through the cycle um if it goes well you know if it doesn't go well then it's longer than that sure. but when you wholesale it takes you three weeks to so maybe nine weeks 12 weeks so the speed of money is quicker yeah the profit is not the same because when you flip you're going for you know that 30% equity or if, if you're doing it 70% minus repairs which mm-hmm. mo- most of us are um, on the wholesaling side you're only going for that 10% or whatever but it's constant you know it's, it's coming all the time mm-hmm. And if you can f- a wholesale at a scale, then you'll never flip a house. And at that, po- at that point, I didn't understand. If you, what again? if you were to wholesale at a scale, you'll never flip a house. At scale, yeah, I see. At yep. scale. yep. Not just one deal here and there, because yep. you're chasing that one deal. It becomes, That's tough. It is very tough. Yeah. But once you can get your hands on 5, 10, 20 deals, then if your average assignment is $10,000 like in the rest of the country is, you're looking at 200 grand every month, as long as you're so maybe 100 grand every month, as long as that's consistent. But mm-hmm. it's not as easy as I'm making it seem. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's a lot of uh, running yeah. around yeah. And, and that kind of stuff. So, so, anyways, you went and did eight or nine flips before you figured out a formula mm-hmm. that worked for you. Maybe you started putting teams together. Yep. Uh, Now, how many were you doing at the same time? Only one, you did one, and then bought it, fixed it. So when did you actually start, like,
0: saying, I'm going to do two now? Yeah. So I was doing a deal, and I had a a church. It was a church, and it was a waterfront property that came. They were selling the church, and they didn't know what to do with that property, that waterfront property. Right. And uh, they didn't want to make any money. They were just going to – they just were, here you go. It's a church. We can't make any money anyway, so it's just we're just kind of we're dissolving the church. Uh, I bought it for the payoff, which was a hundred and eighty thousand, and was mm-hmm. worth two ninety. Oh wow! I didn't need it on anything though. No. It was lived in. It was a beautiful home. Wow! And uh, I had that deal come up. I know, there was probably four or five investors After that, it. They, that we were there together, and uh, I said, "Man, I can't. All my money's a lot of my most of my money's tied up. Right. I'd never use leverage. Never." Didn't know where to go, who to go to, or whatever, anything right. like that. But I said, "This is too much money. Right. This is this is the home run. That, you yeah, know, you this will get me something. going. Yeah, yeah I got to figure, figure this out. out." And uh, so then I went around. I, that's when I discovered hard money. Okay, yeah, I'd never even heard of it. I went to Wells Fargo. <laughs> I went in there. Wells Fargo. Can like, I get a loan for this flip? And that's they're like, right. "What?" I said, like, well, "But there's a hundred grand here." <laughs> It's what are you a, talking about? Yeah, it's too risky. Mm-hmm. right? Too risky. Well, I said, well, there's there's really no repairs. You, there's, I already had a mortgage, so you know it's one of those kind of things. And I, yeah, it was just too much money, so I just figured it out, figured it out, and I ended up making a killing on that one. That's good. And, you know, I made a lot of money on it, and that really got me going. That injected the fuel you
1: needed to, saying, oh, I would man. say more."
0: Comp. I had money i had a i had a little money no but it was it
1: was proof of concept that's what it was it was proof of concept so now you said man if i can do this over and over and over again i know where i can get so Mm -hmm.
0: so that's how you went and 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 started getting two or three i guess yeah yeah i made probably about 70 grand on that one something like that wow and that was my third deal third or fourth deal wow and uh yeah kept learning kept listening to podcasts kept just everything which podcast you listen to other than renovated riches right? yeah i so. like uh there's a lot of them i like to the, the ttp you ever heard of them talk yeah to people. talk to people yeah, yeah. yeah i like those yeah. that's more sales and marketing yeah marketing is such a huge component to all this it's so, so huge so what i say is when people
1: ask me what are you doing so i'm in the marketing business it just happens to be attached to real estate because that's yeah, what i'm
0: doing right now absolutely right that's i've heard jason bible tell me this a couple of times he said there's very few people who are good at both marketing and sales. Would you agree with that?
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean. It's a hard, it's different skill sets, yeah. right? Most people who are good at marketing are good at sitting on a computer, data diving. Right. And sales is more out there talking Getting to people. Deal. Yeah. You it's get more it. a driven. It's, uh, I think I'm a combination of both, a unique uh, combination. That's. I think I've like, done real well.
1: on like, There's people that are real good on marketing, like um, they put themselves out there and they attract a lot of attention, right? Hmm. So the, sale, the sales process, after they attracted attention, is easier because they have some buying already from, from the audience, right? Yeah. But then there's the people that can sell. Like there are salespeople that you will not be able to escape away from <laughs> because they just know how to close you. Yeah. If you can marry the two, Then you're really powerful.
0: Someone like Brent Franklin or someone like that. People like that who can get attention. Yeah. It can drive attention away too. Oh sure. Um, depending on how you put it out, right? Yeah, I hear you. So you know, it's well, Grant Cardone's the same. You know, he's out there. Some people are going to be turned off. Some people. So,
1: so Grant Cardone. mm -hmm. uh, I listened to him because I was like, man, this guy is putting so much money in marketing. Yeah. There's something about him, but he's, he was arrogant, in my opinion, yep. uh, when I first started following him. But I guess that was his way of attracting attention, right? Being arrogant. Yes. Until I went to the 10X conference in Vegas. And I sat down, and the reason I went, I didn't go for him. I went because he had a great speaking lineup. And, mm-hmm. You know, All the speakers were like top-notch. And Dennis and I were like, "Hmm, well, let's go. Let's go check that out. How to 10X our business? How to grow our business? You know." Um, and I was surprised about three different people that were there. Grant was one of them. Ty Lopez was another one. I used to hate on, like I could not stand seeing an <laughs> ad from him. Yeah. Um. Literally, those were the main two. The, the third one, I can't even remember who it was. But when Grant. Uh, came on stage and he started talking on why he was doing the 10X and where he was putting on that conference and mm. I got to see a different person I, it was the real grant mm. it wasn't the grant that he was actually pushing on social media and I hear my respect I was like you know what this is somebody I need to continue to listen to this is somebody I, mm. now sometimes he can get a little old so you might get a little tired of and you just go shift to something else sure. uh, and the other guy was Ty Lopez like Literally, when he came on stage, I walked off. Like, I went out the room. And then he stayed behind. And I was like, man, you know what? I can't stand this guy. I'm just going to go in and, like, I don't know, look at vendors or whatever. And I did. And then 30 minutes later, I was like, okay, I looked at all the vendors. I'm going to go back in. I go back, and Dennis was like, dude, you need to sit down right now. And I was like, what are you talking about? You hate on this guy, too. Because he didn't like him either. He's like, no, man, this guy is dropping massive knowledge right now. And um, what he was doing, he was actually talking about marketing and how to actually market websites. And what he was doing, he was actually asking the audience, like random people, let me show your website, let me give you insights on how to make it better. And he will pull up the website and he was like, okay, man, are you getting any business with this website? And they're like yeah my revenue is x and he's like dude i'm surprised you're getting that x revenue this is Mm -hmm. what i would change and he will tell him straight up on the spot how to pop up a video how to do this how to do that and he did this like with 10 to 20 people he was on stage for at least two hours just adding massive value to this to this audience Mm -hmm. right and we learned so much from it that we said okay now i know why this guy's running so many ads and he's in now you perceive it as them being arrogant, them being all up in your face, or they're trying to be selling some coaching program. But when you think about it, Grant Cardone only has like the Cardone University and a couple of other things. But believe it or not, it's not that I'm an advocate. I mean, I like what they have, but I don't dislike them either. Um, Everybody that I talk to that uses it, they love it. So it's how we perceive it, you know? So. Um that's kinda of funny you mentioned him, uh, because I had a complete different perception from from him and Ty Lopez. Mm-hmm. And after that event it completely changed. Uh, and they're the real deals, you know. The the guy's got now one over one billion dollars worth of assets, you know, on his hands and mm-hmm. um he's I guess he's going after apartments and those kind of things. But um anyways, you were listening to those podcasts, um, the T T P Yeah. What, what else you listen to?
0: Uh, I, I like yours a lot. Um. Do you get to listen to the ones in Spanish?
1: <laughs> so we do some in Spanish. Yeah, well, right? I know, yeah. And believe it or not, our Spanish videos are the ones that have the most views. Yeah,
0: I can see that. When we well, started... There's, there's a competitive advantage. Well, you know, There's not many. When we started this... Um, it was in Spanish. It was
1: a, it, We were we we were never meant to do it in English. Um, what happened? We started doing Facebook Lives, and we had we, we recorded, but we also did it with a Facebook Live, and people started putting on the comments. You better speak English. I can't understand. Can you guys do this content in English? And you know, you're only targeting the Spanish-speaking audience. And, but Dennis and I really wanted to tap into that audience because we believe it's underserved, and it is. Yeah, there, absolutely. There, there's not yeah. enough people mm-hmm. talking real estate in Spanish. Um, but because of demand, we started doing it in English. And that was a whole reason on why. We, now we got more episodes in English than we do in Spanish, but that's a different story. We just can't <laughs> find enough Spanish-speaking people to come to the show. Yeah. Um, so you do TTP, mm-hmm. um, What other podcasts? Uh, personal development. Yeah, absolutely. Who, who do you listen?
0: I like John Maxwell. Oh, my God. That guy's the best. Yeah, John, uh, Jim Rohn. Oh, yeah? Big you're, Jim Rohn. You're gun. going old school. Yeah. Uh, Napoleon Hill. Yeah, yeah I listen to Zig Ziglar? Yeah, Zig Ziglar. Yeah. that's yeah. I like the, that style more than... I, I couldn't even tell you some of the newer ones. So... It's all the same thoughts. <sighs> well,
1: what I notice is from the newer ones is that... So, I listen to Andy Frizzella, for instance. Who? Andy Frizzella. I'll, I'll let you know who he is. Okay. So, he had a podcast called The MFCEO Project. So, figure what MF stands for. Yeah. And then CEO, right? Okay. Uh, and, and he's very vocal on how he uh, approaches, you know, the podcast and all that. Uh, but his podcast has helped me a lot. Um, but I'm, I'm going to say that he probably is a product of all the people you're mentioning, um, mm-hmm. because he had to listen from someone else, and those are the the ones that came before the ones that are out there today. Mm-hmm. So Andy is one of them. Uh, I used to listen to Grant a lot, um, but now I just watch him on Facebook when whenever he pops up, and then um, I just listen to the David Goggins. Uh, yeah, I I've read that book. That's a well, good I I I put it on Audible and. Mm-hmm so i kind of got the shorter ver- version but um it's actually a pretty good uh, he's actually a pretty good motivator
0: oh well, yeah i love them
1: yeah and have you heard uh eric thomas yeah the hip hop preacher yeah uh so usually i tend to listen to him early in the morning <laughs> yeah. uh, when i wake right up before your jog yeah exactly <laughs> or while you exercise <laughs> uh, you know yeah. you, you get your mindset right so talk, let's talk about that your mindset right so oh, you're sure. big into mindset oh huge how, how much do you think that Mindset, uh, brainwashing has helped you get to where you are today. Everything.
0: Everything. What does your like routine look like for getting your mindset right? Well, I've got a list of affirmations. It's about eight or nine pages. Okay, something like that. I read it every single morning. Every morning, first thing I do when I get up. Oh, what time do you get up? Seven. I mean, six thirty, seven, something like that. Right. Uh, I have a five year old and a three year old. Okay. So I mean, I'm uh, yeah, I read. Uh, I'll listen to Audible. I'll do, read some some form. So I'll do my affirmations and then I'll read. Okay. Yeah. And uh, most of the day, one thing I really uh, I think i probably a little different is you know when I was running all these crews all these years, I'd be on the highways, checking on jobs, checking on people. I didn't listen to the radio. I listened to books all day. I listened to tapes. For years, I mean, from when I was very young, that's all I did all day long. I think that's kind of influenced me a little different than most people. You know, they're at work, they're this or that. I'm on the road, in my car, on a highway. Yeah, and you were on automobile university. All the time, all day long. Yeah, your college is different. It is much different. Yeah. Now, I I went back when I met my wife, one of her, or one of my, the girlfriend, she, she wanted me, one of the requirements to date her was for me to get my degree. But I didn't have a degree. Okay, your wife. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And how do you come around that? do <laughs> <laughs> you I didn't. I got. I. I went to school. So uh, okay. She had her master's degree from, right. from UT. Okay. In accounting. I had nothing. <laughs> and you went to school for what? I went to school for her for finance. All right. So you graduated? Yeah, I graduated. Yeah. Okay. So you got a degree now? I do now. Yeah.
1: In, in finance.
0: In finance. Yeah. Good Just for you. Just because of her.
1: Well, that's good. Sometimes, uh, you know. No. women will make you do that kind of stuff yeah well know? that
0: was she said she wanted an educated person you know husband like you, in her mind that's what she wanted and I I wasn't yeah so you had to go get
1: that piece of paper I, in order I, to I, 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 be educated enough to deserve <laughs> uh you know
0: to be with her which, yeah fair enough I, it's a weird that's a weird thing you know but in my mind I'm like you're helping me grow you know you're pushing me yeah you're I was working with my dad at the time. I didn't know what that would lead to, but it was important to her, and she was important to me. Right. I knew that she she was going to be a big part of whatever I do.
1: So okay, so that's that's kind of interesting, man. You you actually joined. So when when do you go to school? In between what years? Timeline wise.
0: Yeah, 2011 to 15, something like that. Okay, more in there. So you were in it for four in Austin. I went to. Uh, ACC, yeah, oh, and oh. then I went to uh, U of H. Okay, Austin Community College. Yes. I'm going to assume. Yeah, yep. that's the yep. best way,
1: man. You you go
0: cheap first, then.
1: Yeah.
0: Transfer I, pay, your credit I paid all, of, all it. of it. You know, I I didn't get any help or anything. I, just something. I, yeah,
1: my dad offered the help, but I never took it. Really? Yeah, I just I was I never saw myself as as college material. You know, I always wanted to work. I always just wanted to be like him. Yep. Um, in my case. I just chose to leave the company business uh, when I was, like, 20. I dabbled for about a year doing all kinds of stuff. I was an entrepreneur back then, so I was, like, starting my own business. And I had a cell phone store and a couple other things. And I exported cell phone. Like, uh, I would buy cases and batteries and things like that, like, to Venezuela. So I had two stores over there. But when I was 21... Um, I sent a shipment that got completely stolen and that broke me (laughs) and I didn't have a lot of money you know so the little bit of money I had I lost plus I had already leveraged some loans and I had to pay those back now so I had to literally liquidate all my stuff in 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 Venezuela to pay for my debt Mm. Uh, and then I was just like what do I do now I guess I gotta go find me a job and I already had a daughter you know so um, that's how I ended up in the Navy so um, that was my college I guess <laughs> my education I just and I enjoyed it um, if I had to do it all over again I'll do the same you know I wouldn't change a, a single thing and, uh, it made me uh, grow a lot of character and and then from there I started in the oil and gas business but you know now it's all real estate so you go and let's get back on your real estate journey. So, mm-hmm. so mindset is, is a big part of what you do today, um, is what allows you to grow and what allows you to take a more risk. So you're taking big risks, because we were talking off camera that you're doing 13, 14 flips mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. What, what does that look like? What does that business structure look like? How do you, how do you manage
0: all these flips, um, you know, at the same time? I've got three main crews that I use. Okay. And uh, they're they're on one property, or the other. So I, I have of all those properties, I have one for sale. Everything else is either under set for under contract or uh, about to be. We're repairing, you know, okay. rehabbing it. Uh, risk is huge in this, obviously. Yeah. Uh, my risk the way I handle risk is I only stay within certain price ranges. Yeah. Now, I want to be the mid to the smallest house mm-hmm. in every neighborhood. I, I I always have the best product, so at that price that I'm at, you know I've gone and I've done it very nice. These other houses aren't going to look as good as mine, right so if it's you're comparing another one to mine, I'm going to win. right. Uh, so I'm very careful Eddie Gant kind of talked to me about pending versus active. I'm mm-hmm. real sensitive to that. You ever look into that you know, no, how ma- know how many how many are active versus pending in a neighborhood? okay. That's a huge element to all of this. Right. You know, days on market. That's, that's the ability to get out of a house is just as important as getting in it. Get, getting in it, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you're at the upper range of these houses, I won't even touch them, or I'll wholesale them. Yeah. I'll put them under contract, but I won't flip any of those. I only mm-hmm. flip – I want the the, the two-foot bar that I can just step over real easy. You know, the seven, eight-foot, I don't even mm. – I don't go for those. Right. So I, I, I try to have cheaper houses. Um. Uh, Low days on market, um, you know, good equity, and uh, a lot of these deals, I've, I've got a lot lower labor costs than probably most other investors because of my volume. Right. So I can, my, And my cost of money is lower than most other people because of my volume mm-hmm. and my relationships with private money. Right. So I, I can, my rehabs are less, I'm a realtor, so I save a little bit. I have, right. So I, I save a little bit all the way out throughout the line. And so at the end of the day, I'm making a little bit more than other people are because right. of because of my scalability
1: right that's good so so you're you're a realtor but now you only work your deals or do you actually do listings for yeah, other people I do. as well I,
0: I have t- I don't really I have people that do the files for me I don't necessarily you know manage every little yeah you have team. like a transactional coordinator yeah, yeah, right. yeah but yes I do I a lot of students that I have they don't have a realtor you know I'll help them find a house and then I'll list it for them okay so yeah, I, uh Or they'll look for a house. I do all that. Uh, help people find a house. So you, you ask know. you got students now? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's people in my area that you're, come you're, to me. I don't really charge them. I don't charge some fee or anything. We just I like doing business together. Split deals. Yeah, we split deals exactly. Yeah. We we'll split uh most of these people I deal with, we do deal after deal after deal. Uh, that's how I I've, I've
1: done it. Okay, I, I I've done the same. Yeah. So people come over, like, hey, I, I want to get deals for wholesaling. I was like, okay, let's go put the money in marketing and let's make it happen. There you go. Um, but I do, I'm getting now people from like Seattle, from other states. They're like, can you help me? And so I was like, okay, this is gonna take time. This is different because now I have to teach them what to do, because mm-hmm. they can, I can't just force them to come to the office and, and do stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um So. But, but i'm not turning them down i'm just say, i'm just taking a few that are committed um and i charge a fee to those but it's not anything outrageous uh because at the end of the day i'm gonna help a market and we're gonna go do deals together so mm-hmm. i believe in making more money by doing deals i do too than wow. just charging people for i also education. don't
0: like to charge a lot of money and then you feel obligated and you can't make someone if yeah, you're so gonna
1: yeah. get on the education business uh then if you feel the, the way you do
0: you can't be there i can't I've, I've gone back for i've had people ask me they're wondering how i've grown so fast
1: we a we had a little uh um somebody wants to be on the podcast here uh so so yeah that's that's the thing right um i i feel the same way like i want to see people succeed i don't i don't want to see them fail and a lot of these coaching programs, people fail because there's not that accountability. They take the money up front, they teach them, but then, then they don't necessarily um,
0: hold them accountable to, to move forward. Well, knowledge is never enough. Yeah. It's never enough. It's, there's a good saying I like a lot. It says, a thing can't come about from merely reading instructions. Yeah. You sit here, you read, you know, that's not going to make it happen. Right. you got to put it together. And that's, that's what I think education, a lot of it is. Now, self-education, like I'm going out pursuing it, you know, that's a whole different game.
1: Yeah. Um, there's a saying actually that says, uh, actually, people think that knowledge is power, but it's really not. It's knowledge applied is power. Yeah. That's exactly what you exactly. talked about, exactly. right? Yep. So, um you know if you don't if you don't do what you learn then and you put it into action then you just learn a bunch but you know
0: yeah well it stays in the mind it stays in the mind it's and that's there's no you know there's no benefit to just knowing a lot i'm sure you met people that could teach you every little nuance to oh yeah to investing to um
1: even not, it doesn't have to be real estate it can be about anything uh i've I've met uh doctors that are very knowledgeable about and they can teach classes about every single thing there is about health yeah. but the reality is is that they're not actually practicing they're just teaching
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so you know do I want to learn from somebody that's just teaching or do I want to learn from somebody that's practicing it
0: I'd rather learn, for, for yeah. learn from the, the practitioner because yeah. that's the one taking, you know. Well, well, they're gonna know the nuances and little intricacies of things just from being in the middle of deals.
1: Right, right. So what does your team look like today other than, so you have three crews yep. that you use for your rehabs, yeah. then you have a transactional coordinator mm-hmm. that kind of helps you with the listings and, mm-hmm. all, and all the paperwork and all that stuff. Yep. But out, out of that, what, what else do you have
0: attached to your business to make you, you know. So I have a quality control team uh, Make sure the jobs are where they need to be at. My main job is to find money and to find deals. Yes. I mean, that's ultimately what I'm doing. Uh, marketing. So so they help me run my projects. And I'm not saying I don't have anything to do with them. Right. I mean, I'll do stop in and, and make sure. You stop by and check yeah, it out. exactly. You have yeah. to. But I do have the systems and processes, you couldn't do it without. You couldn't do as much volume as I'm doing without that. You, that's. But that's if I'm not doing those things, and I'm not u- best utilizing my time. Because mm-hmm. what, what happens is you get deals coming in, and you don't have the money. You know that. Then you start getting more money, but you don't have the deals. So you get too much money. But then you figure out how to get more deals, feel more marketing, meet more people. So it's like, there's always problems. <laughs> you know, you got to solve them. Yeah. Really? So um, three years ago,
1: we we were flipping actually more than three years, it's like five years now, when 2020, I'm talking about 2014, 15, five to six years ago, we were doing one to two houses, the most. Uh, actually, uh, in 2015, I was flipping three houses while I had a job. Um, and I did have three different crews because I had a crew per property. Mm-hmm. So, but each crew was like three people. So, well, they kind of like did, did it all. They did drywall, flooring. Yeah. But my job was to go find deals and money in order to get the next three. That way when these three are done, then I can I have places to move these guys. Mm-hmm. Then I got laid off and I said, okay, how can I make this as a, to make a living? And the only thing I knew was to flip and maybe keep some rentals, but I didn't know how to wholesale. So literally I went and found a lot more money and I got good at getting houses on my own instead of relying just on wholesalers or the MLS. So I started doing mailers and I started, you know, uh, I started throwing money in marketing basically, mm-hmm. but we were answering the phone ourselves, going to the appointments, locking them up, sure. and then buying them. We went from doing comfortably three to about 10, but it was like a quantum leap like yeah. in the next couple of months. And Then from 10, we literally doubled it. And But the challenge I was having at the time now was like, and I, and I still have money coming our way, like more money were finding us, uh, because we were putting properties out and word was getting around I hey, these guys are flipping they can do yeah. it so and we and we went from ten guys on the crew to twenty to thirty and when Harvey hit we got we have forty seven we have forty seven guys working in all these houses mm. not counting a materials we had a materials coordinator all he did was buy materials and pretty much coordinate where yeah, materials nice. needed to be we had a warehouse and um, you know, we we try to use Home Depot and and all these other stores as as warehouses for the most part. But sometimes we had to like whatever, like was the last flooring they had, or whatever, we had to buy it and put it somewhere. Yep. Uh, to save on the cost. And so we got a warehouse for that. And then I did have a guy running around like like um, uh, quality. I called him a, more of a superintendent than quality uh, control because uh, he. Sort of had more experience than everybody else, and we all we also bought our dumpster, so we had a dumpster because I did the math one month on like all these dumpsters that we had, and I was like, oh my god, I can literally buy a dumpster Uh, just from one month worth of dumpsters, um, which we still have. Uh, What happened was all those processes got disrupted after Harvey because I pretty much lost everybody, and once you lose people, then what processes you have, (laughs) and you're just reacting. So. Uh, that forced us to become wholesalers because now we got all these liabilities, and and we got houses that are ready, or some other ones that are not. Some of some of the houses flooded, mm-hmm. um, but we needed to supplement income because that income stopped. And for about a year, I would say more than a year, we didn't touch those houses. We couldn't hire anybody. Everybody was working doing demolitions or hanging a, a, a drywall you know, a piece of drywall for, I don't know, it was an unreal amount of money. money. Yeah, crazy what they were asking. Mm -hmm. So that's what forced us to become wholesalers. And today is is the opposite. So we are 80% of our business now is wholesaling. We still got some flips, but we're kind of like facing out Mm -hmm. and we're going to focus on that. But wholesaling is becoming tougher and tougher and tougher as well. Because now you got a bunch of other competition. Oh, well,
0: yeah.
1: uh, so that forced us to get out of Texas. So now we got houses under contract in other states. Uh, so we're doing a lot of virtual wholesaling. But we still like the development portion of it and building stuff. And we like the residual income. Wholesaling is a rat race. Yep. If you stop it, it, it dies. That's it. Yep. That, that's as far as you go. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing syndications for uh, building boat and RV storages and, and, and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of been our evolution in the real estate world uh, I don't see myself as an landlord anymore I don't I don't even enjoy, enjoy it um, you know where do you see yourself going forward now that you're doing all these you know all these
0: deals syndication okay that's exactly what I'd like to do all right uh RV parks um, storage units that's exactly where I'd want to be okay put it yeah you know, finding the deals, kind of like I found these off market deals I'm, I'm real good at finding single family. I'd like to transition into the, finding commercials, properties.
1: Uh, it's no yeah. different. I mean, it's, there's wholesalers that are actually specializing in that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen wholesalers that all, all they did was single families. They're all, the, all they're doing now is commercial mm-hmm. um, buildings or multifamilies or maybe storage. Um, what I, I like is the development portion of it, buying the land. Oh, I, I got you. And yeah. and yeah, you can get land reasonable. Yeah, sometime, yeah, yeah. So that's what we're doing. We're buying the land and we're bring, bringing it up. Um. So, but I'm not, I, I'm not a hundred percent out of the flipping yet. But you want to be? Yes. Definitely, I'm, I'm, I'll be out of it. And I might flip a house here and there, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like on my DNA. I've been doing it for so long now. It's, <laughs> uh, eventually, when we grew out a scale, it got boring because we had systems in place to where we used the same flooring, the same paint. Yeah. The so same. do I. So yeah. all our houses look the same. Yeah. So that wow effect,
0: it wasn't there anymore, right? But mm-hmm. it, that's what we had to do to keep the cost down. Well, you get more satisfaction out of the money or out of the process of, of change? I guess the satisfaction changes as you grow uh,
1: because at the beginning it was, uh, like I can remember my first house, like the backsplash, what it looked like, you know, mm-hmm. how pretty the laminate flooring was how we were able to fix that foundation and, you know. So, it, <laughs> yeah, and it was a pier and beam home. So, you know, what they tell you is don't yeah. buy pure and beam. Yeah. Well, guess what I did? Yeah. I bought one yeah. and it was all rotten, you know, and the mm. thing was falling, you know, mm. fell on the side. So the first flip I ever did was more, uh, man, I finished it. I got it. Finally, now I can do something with this thing. I can sell it or I can rent it. it I couldn't sell it because of the time. It, it wasn't a good time, um, but it, it rented for a while. And then I moved into that and then it was kind of like trying to prove myself over and over and over again that I can actually replicate the system and create a system. Finally, when we created a system, that was, that's what gave us satisfaction or gave me satisfaction. It's like, okay, now I got a system that works, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't have to figure out what kind of flooring I need. I don't need to figure out what kind of backsplash. I don't need to figure out who's going to do the paint or what the color of the paint is going to be. Yes. Because, so that was the, what gave me satisfaction. It wasn't so much the money. It was like, okay, now I have something systemized. Uh, you know, I can repeat Because What happens when you create systems is you can scale it. Oh, no yeah. And mm-hmm. then the next challenge was, can we scale this? And then I was forced to scale it. Um, and and actually, I've been forced to scale everything I do out of need, out of necessity. Well, it, it, every time I grew or we grew as a team here, it, it wasn't because, oh, it's nice to go wholesale 20 houses a month or or it's nice to go flip 30 i think at the most i had was 37 projects when we were flipping um nine million dollars worth of loans at the same time that's wow. what we got caught up with harvey so we had 17 uh, that we were rehabbing that were two to three months away from going on the market we have a bunch of rentals properties that we had at the time um i've been liquidating them as, as we go and then we had 20 houses on contract with private money available. Harvey hits, I got the 17. Maybe a couple of weeks later, I still have the crews. And then I go closing all these deals that we're supposed to close. And it, it wasn't a problem. Cause I was looking for all the work for all these 50 people that I had here. Mm-hmm. They were gonna transition from these houses to the next block. So we were starting to flip in blocks. 20, 17, oh, yeah. 20 more. And what happens is in that in that moment, uh, it's kind of like a perfect storm. The storm hits, two weeks later, I still got the crews, I go closing all these deals and I got 37 and then they all leave. And now I got 37 loans on my on my neck, hanging around and I cannot replace these people. So that's why I know it's very dangerous when you go on a scale on the flipping
0: side. Um, how about that many? To the, that's way more than I'm, I might be doing four at a time. No, no, no. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. rehabbing 17. That's what I'm saying. That many, I mean, that'd be. Oh, my God. That yeah. killed me, man. Yeah. I mean, we,
1: we we, really got slaughtered in the last three years, two, three years, literally. I mean, <laughs> but we had to be, we had to solve the problem, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, how do you replenish? I have not been foreclosed on a single one of them. So, how do you replenish the money to continue that, that monster? I didn't have a mentor that I could reach out and say, hey man, how do you deal with this? Because it's the first time I had that many properties on my hands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and at the time I didn't network. So I didn't know a lot of people. Uh, I knew some names, but there was no, you see, we built our business up to that point to where we didn't have to network because we weren't selling to anybody. Yeah. We were buying, rehabbing, our job was to find money, to find um, properties and, and hire more people to work on our projects to continue to grow. And, and it was all beautiful until that happened, right? It was about a year that we kept all these houses in activity. After a year, we started finishing them because so we started getting some, some new people coming over. We still had a little bit of money mm-hmm. um, and we started selling, you know. But then we found out that everything we bought in Houston stayed on the market for another year. Because now you got all these properties coming on the market, right? So you're mm-hmm. you're competing against all these houses that just got rehabbed. And I mean it was it was horrible. But we had to we had to change the strategy. And we were like, okay, what can we do to solve this challenge? Which is we have a six figure a month payment that we got to do every month so our mortgage work was a hundred and some thousand dollars a month um, and we've already run out of a lot of our money <laughs> because every month we're you know paying interest paying interest paying interest you know and, and for the for for the sakes of it a lot of these investors were freaking out like hey are you guys gonna be okay oh we're, we're fine we have money in the bank um, but eventually we started looking at the bank accounts like, man that I don't think we're gonna last what are we gonna do and that's when we became wholesalers now that I understand wholesaling, I was like, I want nothing to do with the liabilities because uh, yeah, we grew a huge successful business that it was at some point, but that got disrupted because of modern nature. That, that was it. Sure. If I would have been in San Antonio, I'd probably be doing the same thing right now. and I wouldn't have this podcast and I wouldn't <laughs> be talking to anybody, because we didn't have to be out there. Um, so we have to learn how to network, number one. Mm-hmm. Where are these networking events happening at, right? Um, Because that's where the buyers were. Okay, now that we know how to get houses, how do we get more so we can wholesale and kind of like Peter pays Paul, you know? And so that's what forced us into become wholesalers. Something that I said, ooh, no, you're a wholesaler. Now I'm like, ooh, I need to become a wholesaler because the speed of money is quicker.
0: Uh, From a business perspective, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, there's, I love wholesaling. I do it all the time. I mean, it's, there's no risk. There's no, well, the risk is the marketing, right? Well, sure, right?
1: The yep. marketing, you put money in marketing. It doesn't pay out. you know, ah, I put, I don't know, X amount of dollars, and I didn't get anything out of it. But if you keep getting consistent with it, it's going to pay off, uh, especially you mentioned you were doing mailers. Yep. What I love about mailers is you send a mailer today. It might not give you a call in the next 30 days, mm-hmm. but eventually they're planted. They're like, oh, yeah. it's like it's like farming. You're farming, and eventually, <laughs> one of those people are gonna grab a letter and say, "Hmm, this mm-hmm. is a letter I got from James two years ago. I wasn't ready then. I saved it for a rainy day, and I want to sell now." And then they call you and oh, you I've end had up that getting... many times. Eight nine months later, absolutely. So you want to syndicate now for boat RV storages, and I mean um, mm-hmm. storages and a multifamily. That yeah, and
0: warehouses. I, that kind of thing, you know, where I'm I'm bringing the deals together. I'm bringing, you know, I'm bringing the crews. That's my expertise. I'm just getting the money and bringing it together. And I'm taking a part of the deal. Maybe I'm taking 20% of the deal right. for putting it all together mm-hmm. and just buying. It's scalable, right? I mean, if they're bringing the money, I want to be do everything that's scalable. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I want to, any model I choose, that's how I want to do it. Uh,
1: that, that's exactly what we're doing and if we can't scale it we're going for it. if not uh, uh, we don't we don't want to touch it mm-hmm. um, because it dies you know it, it, it you're gonna hit a ceiling right mm-hmm. um, but um good we're, we're on the same page we're, we're actually actively syndicating right now uh, we have the first one closing hopefully this month and then we're opening up a second one actually in Baytown
0: really? um, yeah so we're right. so at right in Baytown
1: in, uh, it's on
0: Tri-City Beach Road so I live off Tri. I, I lived out there right off Tri-City
1: okay so we picked up 14 acres Sweet. and we're gonna build out there so uh, we're building from the ground up so uh, Dennis is a, bi- a civil engineer so mm-hmm. that's that's where that building you know experience mm-hmm. com- comes from awesome um, and um, and I know where to find the money so you know I wish I knew today what I knew back in two thousand fifteen when I went and raised all the money for flipping, because a lot of our most of our money was actually private money. Yeah. Um, I would have actually done a lot better if I went for the syndications because it's a different animal.
0: Um, so uh, just put that money into syndications. So you're getting debt financing? Is that? Or are you no, we're getting? We're doing full, it all cash. Oh, all cash. All yeah,
1: we're going nice. for all cash. Nice. Yeah, we're not. We're not. We're going for loans after the properties built and stabilized, mm-hmm. but not before. Okay. I don't want to have any debt. Uh, like literally, I'm so I'm learning from my own mistakes. So I used to leverage whatever I could to get more properties, to get more deals, and to keep continue the, that funnel and that pipeline running. Um, but eventually, because of one thing Mother Nature decided to do, that sort of came to a, a crumble and it really put a huge dent in our finances, business-wise. And I don't hide this from anybody. Like mm-hmm. I, I'd rather tell people the truth, you know, yeah. um, because what good is it to, to to go make a bunch of you know, mistakes? Or uh, It wasn't even a mistake because I didn't know any yeah. better, right? <laughs> well, so it, it was just something that happened. It's an actor, nature, it's yeah. an actor yeah. nature. I can't compete. You know, I can't prevent that. Um, I guess the technology is not there yet to mm-hmm. do that. But, um, but now I understand what I don't want to do in case something like that happens again, I'm not on the hook for you know interest-only payments and having you know liabilities here and there. So uh, I'm I'm playing it safer when it comes to that. Now, sure. when it comes to wholesaling, though, no, it's it's different. Uh, wholesaling is more put money in marketing, take the risk, and it starts coming back. And you just got to be good on capitalizing. So
0: acquisitions
1: yeah uh-huh. you know um, I'm, it's not we were just talking about this today it's not even about just oh I got a house on the contract okay now that you got on the contract can you sell it you know <laughs> uh, so and do you actually get a good enough deal for the next guy to to buy it and and, and make money off of it mm-hmm. um, so that's what uh, we've been focusing on getting much better better and better on these positions um, in order to continue that that pipeline moving so yeah Anyways, man, thank you so much for coming uh, in, James. I uh, enjoyed it. I appreciate you, man. Uh, guys, if you, uh, where, where can people get in contact? Do you have a website? Do you have a, do you I'd have a networking say, group, right? In, in
0: uh, yeah, I'd say Facebook probably the best way. Facebook, yeah. J- James Toler. Um What's your uh, networking group called? Uh, we don't, It's not really a name. I just put it together. But it's you call uh, it like the NASA uh, is uh, is around the the. the Clearly. Bay, Bay area, the yeah, Bay Area, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. are you guys still meeting? Yeah, we're every three months or so. Okay. Uh, every Tuesday I have a Bible study at my office. Yes. And Thursday I have an investment class.
1: I've seen yeah. your videos on that. Yeah. Um, so, I know uh, Adam, Adam goes there yep. all the time. Uh, yep. and, and a couple other guys that I know that I've seen him on the video. So uh, I, I like that. Um, so
0: just trying to add value any way possible that's all
1: absolutely yeah. so
0: that's, you know you, you know you can't do
1: wrong when you have value
0: you, you can't go wrong yeah. you, you know and it's it from a genuine good place yes that's that's the key absolutely and, and good things happen to you over time yeah that's with my experience
1: that's why I, I share all my struggles right so um, when I was going through this Harvey thing right man I was just questioning a lot of things this is like why is this happening to me? Like, wh- like, I had a successful business and now I <laughs> from successful becomes like a horror story, you know? Mm. And I started a podcast, it's called The Truth Behind Success. So where I actually go there and, and by the way, this is not a promo or anything like that, but go check it out. <laughs> so literally I started telling people what it really takes to be successful, you know? Uh, and part of it is failure. If you, don't, if you don't fail and you, you don't go through, through the struggles and you don't start questioning how you do things, how do you, how do you expect to get better or to achieve success at whatever level? You know, it doesn't have to be success money-wise. Mm-hmm. It can be success just from a, from a, from a family perspective, you know, having a good relationship with your wife and kids or mm-hmm. having a good relationship with your neighbors, with your friends, with, you know, uh, or just being healthy. How many people are out there that got money but they don't have health? right um so that's sort of what I talk about there it's it's more mindset it's more hey I went through this and guess what this is what I learned because everything is a learning experience yeah I learned what I don't want to do now and I learned what not to do that way I don't replicate it going forward so that's what the truth the truth the sex is all is all about actually I'm gonna have like forty to fifty episodes coming out pretty oh, good. soon good yeah we have thirty something right now on 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 the air but we Have a lot more. I, I got something uh, uh, that I'm about to start dropping here uh, in the next couple of weeks. I look forward to it, yeah. Uh, uh, but, anyways, man, yeah. thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you for stopping by. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you connect with James on Facebook. And uh, if you're in the Houston area or the Bay Area, he's the guy to go to. Yep. Uh, if you got a house down there, feel free to send it to him. He's a buyer too. Yep. And. With that being said, don't forget to share, hit, uh, share, like, and subscribe. Our Renovating Riches uh, radio channel. We are in Spanish and English. And uh, if you have any questions, send us a message. If, you, if there's somebody you want me to interview, let me know. If there is a topic that you want us to touch about, let me know. I'm pretty sure we're going to revisit with James in, in a few months from now uh, to see what his business looks like. And uh, you all have a great day. Bye. Thank you.